Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Already did the Ross Tucker football podcast this week. Number two, Sunday night was my thoughts on every team's draft. Today was Greg Cosell discussing some of the more interesting decisions in the first round on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll do even money later today. We'll do Fantasy Feast later today. A lot of fallout from the 2022 NFL Draft. But this is the College Football Show, the College Football Betting Show, the NFL Draft Show, that you get all in one. Please check us out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you can check us out on social media, that's awesome. Really appreciate those of you that follow at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram. I got a TikTok now. I do the TikTok thing if you're a TikTok person. Or, of course, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The star of this show, frankly, the star of the NFL draft, is my guy, Emery Hunt, whose alma mater, by the way, had like five dudes more drafted than Texas did. I don't even know how many guys you had, Emery. Check him out at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Listen, you can still get it. Like, you want to know more about the undrafted rookie for agents on your team or around the NFL, now that you know what team they landed with, Emory's got them all. It it's really is not too late to buy the draft guide. Because you know what it's not anymore? It shouldn't even be called a draft guide. Now it's a training camp guide. It's a training camp roster preview guide is what it is. So footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Emory, what's up, man? What's up, Ross, man? Listen, they better not let me get any of this tycoon money because we're going to dominate the first round. Don't don't let me <laughs> don't let me become a multimillionaire billionaire because it's a wrap for college football. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you said that. And I didn't mention that on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Maybe I will later in the week, but I want to discuss it with you now. And that is the NIL and the impact it's having on college football. So for those of you that don't pay attention, Jordan Addison, who won the Bolitnikoff Award for Pitt, not Garrett Wilson, not Chris Olave, not Drake London, not Jahan Dotson, not Traylon Burks, not Jamison Williams, Jordan Addison won the award as the best receiver in college football. The last day you could go in the transfer portal, he puts his name in the transfer portal, there's a lot of rumors out there, Emery, 
uh, that he might be going to USC and might be getting a boatload of cash to do it, which a lot of people still don't even realize, Emery, it's legal. Like, NIL is legal. It's not supposed to be an enticement to attend a specific institution. We all knew this was going to happen. We all knew this is how it was going to end up playing out. Um, And now people are pushing back saying, no, it's not NIL. And no, he might not necessarily go to USC. Let me just predict right now on this show how the story ends. He goes to USC and he gets a lot of money. Listen, Ross, and everybody had their takes flying this weekend. And, you know, right, wrong, and different. Everybody's saying their opinion. But I'm like, listen. First of all, you can't blame the kids. You got to blame the NCAA. And I used this analogy uh, on one of the radio shows I was on, Sirius XM. And I said, it's, it's kind of like when Obamacare first came out. It was the the foundation. And everyone was trying to figure out how to, you know, but you have a, now you have guardrails to work with or a foundation to work with. And you build on top of that. I think this is the same thing because it's new. There's no real direction on how to manage it. NCAA should have managed this 20 years ago. And now they still have an opportunity to put in place some things to help navigate through this. But right now, while it's still open, go for it, young man. And that's why I put the tweet out yesterday. Like, listen, everybody's complaining and upset. But if I'm Tennessee State, Oprah, how bad you want to win? Let's go. If I'm Bowling Green, David Letterman, I know that late show money still still thriving. Let's go. Let's compete. Like, if you got a, a, a rich alum, let's go get it. You know, that's how you're supposed to look at this. Louisiana, don't come at me. I'm not rich yet. But I know Allie Landry got some of that supermodel money. Let's go. Let's compete. Let's get in the first round. That's how you're supposed to handle this, Ross. And don't let – everybody's complaining again, but don't let the Ivy League decide to partake in the festivities with some of that equity money. Game <laughs> over. It's a wrap, bitch. So, man, let's make this fun. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I'm going to use that quote on Twitter at some point and just say, it's all fun and games till the Ivy League gets involved in NIL. <laughs> then you're all done. Then you're all done. It's, it's over. Game over. You, ever of, you ever heard of Jeff Bezos? Exactly. <laughs> game over. Even Columbia got Lauren Hill. Let's go. Let, let Robert Kraft? Dude, I mean, they, they all, in all sincerity, they all have a million, like, <laughs> Crazy rich billionaire. It's crazy. Um, that is <laughs> don't let the Ivy League. It's really funny though. It's funny you say that, okay? Because I'm I'm gonna have lunch tomorrow with an FCS coach who's recruiting the area. You know what I was thinking, dude, you could dominate FCS quick, real quick. You know, if you're the only one of like the FCS, like Mac and below, like an FCS, you're the only one giving out NIL deals and you get the best of all those kids? Emery. (laughs) I mean, you could do some damage. That's the part people are not understanding, man. Like, listen, don't focus on him going to USC. If you're UCLA, you're like, wait a minute. What are we doing? You have to compete. If you're Texas, you have to compete. Yeah, you did a great job bringing Quinn Errors, Ewers back to, to Texas. But, man, if you have, again, Bowling Green has David Letterman. Why are you not dominating the MAC right now? Make it happen. Well, 
the the rich people have to care. You know, they, they have to care enough to give the money. But um, that's funny, man. Really funny. Um, so before I forget, how many people did Louisiana get drafted? We got two. Um, so we that that was huge. We kicked off the fourth round uh, with you know Max Mitchell, then Percy Butler went. Uh, and, and we have a bunch of guys signing undrafted rookie free agent deals. I know a Farrah Gardner signed somewhere. Uh, I know Levi Lewis. Levi Lewis signed with Seattle. Taylor Humphrey signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's been it was it's been a fun draft cycle. Uh, Chauncey Manack signed with the Green Bay Packers. So I'm excited to see how these guys end up, you know, competing in training camp and preseason. But to get two guys drafted, uh, that was huge, man. And I, it would have been more if a lot of guys didn't leave to go to Florida. Because we would have had we had a pipeline going, but hey, I, I could respect them guys following their their coach that recruited them. But fun time to be a raging Cajun. Two more than the Texas Longhorns had, by the way. Te- I don't know if you saw my tweet, Emery. The Cincinnati Bearcats had nine guys get drafted. They had five in the top one hundred, like seven in the top one fifty. The Texas Longhorns had zero. Like, think about that for a second, okay? Texas is Texas. In the the, the state school, in the state of Texas, like the Longhorns, Cincinnati is group of five, and they're the second school in in Ohio, right? Like, it's Ohio State. We all know that, right? They they don't get anybody to go to Cincinnati that wants to go to Ohio State. Nobody. They don't get any recruits like that. So you want to talk about evaluation and development. It is unreal what Luke Fickle and his staff have done. And I respect that he hasn't found an opportunity that he likes more or that the right one hasn't come along. But you got to be kidding me, Emery, with this guy. Nine guys drafted from the Cincinnati Bearcats? And and, and you brought up that it's Ohio State is Ohio, right? But and this is the other caveat that people don't really realize: Cincinnati is also a major metropolitan city. We know how hard it is to have, con- you know, consistent success at a major metropolitan school. Not only did they have more guys drafted than Texas, they also had more guys drafted than the University of Miami. So again, and when you're able to to have that level of success at a major metropolitan city, it is so hard to do to keep those city guys in the city. Think about UCLA, USC, Miami, Maryland, Tulane. All these schools in in metro areas struggle to recruit because everybody wants to leave. And so to have that success in that, you know, metro city is even more remarkable than what he's been able to do. All right. So um, I don't do this very often. Before I forget, by the way, Mother's Day is literally Sunday. If you haven't already – MyFrontPageStory.com, trust me, it's by far the best Mother's Day gift you can ever give someone. She will cry like good tears, and she will have it hanging up in her house for the rest of time. So for you, it'll be the gift that keeps on giving because it's just hanging up in her house forever. MyFrontPageStory.com. All right, so I don't often do this with you, Emery. But I want to give you a total blank canvas, like your biggest thoughts, your biggest takeaway 
from the 2022 NFL Draft. I-95 rules the day. You start on I-95, you look at what the Jets and Giants did, drive a little bit down, maybe 90 minutes or so, depending on how fast you go. Philly did a fantastic job. Another 90 minutes from there, Baltimore continued to, to ace it. They did a fantastic job as well. Those teams on I-95 did a fantastic job, in my opinion, in, in how they were able to acquire talent. Like we joked before last year, Baltimore and Pittsburgh send their picks in before the draft. And however <laughs> the draft goes, they already have those guys, right? Um, and even if you want to go 80 West, Pittsburgh, outside of Kenny Pickett, right? That was a question I had, and I'll tell you that in a second. But Pickens, I mean, you let Pickens go to the Steelers with Claypool, and they got Calvin Austin too? Like, that. By the way, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to do it, just so everybody knows, we're going to do a division series where we're going to look at the picks basically one by one and the undrafted guys for every team and every division. So you're going to know everything you need to know about your team's new guys, but also the other teams in your division. But I, I do think that Pittsburgh needs to be discussed for two reasons. That that says something to me about Claypool and Deontay Johnson that like the Steelers – I believe think those guys are going to want to get paid and they don't want to pay them. Uh, that, 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 that's my read on it, that they're seeing what's going on with the wide receiver market and they like Claypool and they like Deontay Johnson. They don't like them enough to give them that kind of money. So they're going to get the next, the next guys in the pipeline. And you think about two, uh, let's say quote unquote issues with both. First of all, it was, it was it's kind of ironic. They had Claypool announce the Pickens pick, right? Um, <laughs> amazing. That amazing. was amazing. <laughs> you know, so you got Claypool, who's a bit inconsistent, and you have Deontay Johnson, who has issues with drops. So you get guys that are very similar. You get a big guy that can catch the heck out of football consistently in Pickens. You also get a, a speedy guy that can win one-on-one and didn't have issues with drops um, in Austin. So I feel like they're they're trying to, you know, like you said, backfill that position, but with two really good players. But the picket thing was something that was interesting because, and it's not against Pickett the player. It was basically what the Steelers said about Pickett that had me just scratching my head. It was, we're looking for someone that played a lot of games. We're looking for someone that started a lot of games that, you know, that had a lot of success, has a high floor, has athleticism to make all the throws and also to get outside the pocket. I'm like, all right, cool. That sounds like Desmond Ritter, who's also younger, more athletic, more productivity over the course of his career, not just a one-year splash, has bigger hands, so he, and he didn't have an issue with turnovers like Pickett did in his career at Pitt. Why wouldn't that be the pick as opposed to Pickett? So it makes me believe that it came down to probably, probably Pickett versus Ritter as opposed to Pickett versus Willis, how everyone, you know, including myself, probably thought. Um but then you you draft a quarterback in round seven. I know people will say, oh, well, they didn't want to waste uh, – try to fight for him as an undrafted rookie free agent and Chris Oladokun. But when you look at my grade for Oladokun and my grade for Pickett, they have the same grade. So now you have Oladokun, Pickett, Trubisky. All guys have similar skill sets, which is what you want in your quarterback depth chart. But who's better than who? And so if it's a true competition – like what uh, Pete Carroll did with Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn. If Trubisky comes out as the better quarterback 
do you start them over your first round pick? If Oladokun comes out better than your first round pick, do you start Oladokun, the seventh rounder? If Pickett comes out better than both, do you run run with Pickett after what you told Trubisky? So that quarterback battle will be fascinating to watch all summer long. So I want to throw a couple things at you. One is I have several buddies because of where I live that are Steelers fans. And it's interesting. If you're a Pitt fan and a Steelers fan, you're, you're over the moon because you love Kenny Pickett. You love what Kenny Pickett did this year. He took Pitt to the ACC championship. You know, they won it. They hadn't done that in forever. Like, they, they love that guy, and they're thrilled the Steelers got him. But if you're a Steelers fan and you're not a Pitt fan, you know, the names I'm hearing are like Andy Dalton is what they think. And by the way, Andy Dalton took the Bengals to the playoffs a million times and was a good player. But, you know, Steelers fans, it's really Super Bowl or nothing for them, right? They have six of them. They want more. Like, they don't care. Like, they're used to being in the playoffs. They're used to being in the mix. They want someone that can take get them over the top. And I guess they feel like Pickett's going to be good enough for them to be good so that the Roonies are so loyal that they don't move on from him, but never good enough to actually beat, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen and these guys, and Russell Wilson, these guys in the playoffs. What do you think about that? It's a fantastic point and observation by those fans. Probably one of the smarter fan bases um, in the NFL. And think about it in the division. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow. Do we ever see Pittsburgh competing with those quarterbacks who are in the top 10? You know, Watson obviously didn't play this year, but when he's playing, he's a top 10 quarterback. Do we? They, there's three top 10 quarterbacks in one division. So that's a, and again, you can win in a multitude of ways. Steelers got a great football team, which is huge. That's, you know, they make the 52 better so the 53rd guy doesn't have to carry the weight of everything, right? So in this situation, this scenario, Pickett is the 53rd guy. So if you have a, you know, Najee Harris or uh, Pat Frymuth, you have Pickens and uh, Austin and Johnson and Claypool, you're retooling the offensive line, your defense is excellent. Pickett just has to be the bus driver, which is great. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, this team should be competitive. And a bounce here or there, you can win. So to your point, yes, they can get into the playoffs. We can see a situation where four teams get into playoffs out this division, right? Um, but if it comes down to which quarterback do you trust to make the play, there are three quarterbacks in that division that you trust over the entire Steelers depth chart. It's, it's crazy to see um, how that division stacks up, but it's going to be fascinating to watch the battle for the quarterback position because I, you can't definitively say that Pickett is better than Trubisky, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. What else jumped out to you about the draft in general? Anything else, maybe in particular the first round, anything else that, that really stood out to you? It stood out to me. Um, first, we, we got four HBCU players drafted, uh, which was I thought we were going to flirt with between – I tweeted out, I settled in on four, but throughout the whole process I said somewhere between two to ten – before it seemed like the more realistic number. I thought we were probably going to flirt with six. I was surprised Marquise Bell didn't get drafted out of Florida A&M. 
Um, I thought he would have gotten picked up. I thought a Quill Glass, a quarterback, would have gotten picked up, you know, probably in that spot where Mr. Irrelevant went with Brock Purdy. Uh, but um to have four after not having none is a step in the right direction. And we've seen, you know, 20 have already signed undrafted rookie free agent deals. So it just goes to show you that this year's crop of HBC prospects were were very good over last year. And then, again, 2019, we had a first-round pick in Titus Howard out of Alabama State. So if the talent suggests that you get drafted, the league will draft you. And so it was a good year for them. And I've said this before on, on so many different shows that I've been on this week that have asked me the same question. Like, they they always ask, like, who, who disappointed you? Which one's – you know, who was the who lost the draft? And I'm like, to be co- completely honest, ever since starting with the pandemic draft of 2020, when less was when less was more, when everyone just had to sit home and just kind of like scout the tape and, and draft. Since then, from that point to where we are now, I watched the draft in its entirety. And I'm just like, wow, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. That makes sense. That's it. I feel like we have now bypassed the what the hell are they thinking type selections in the draft where everyone's like, well, damn, that this team actually drafted. You can look at everyone's draft and be like, I see fits all across the board. Like teams are really now figuring out the draft, you know, here in from 2020 on, I feel like no one is, is getting terrible drafts because they've all just kind of like recalibrated and focused on the tape. Uh, speaking of recalibrating, this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do at DraftKings Sportsbook. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. How about that? Promo code Ross. You bet $5 on any NBA team. Might want to wait till Embiid's back, if he is, and to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code Ross only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. All right. So this is something I thought was interesting from Fran Duffy, who I who you know used to be the co-host of this show. I did the draft with him for the Eagles. The three deepest spots in this NFL draft, Emory. I don't know if you saw uh, Fran's tweet cornerback tight end and o-line the average tight ends picked the last five years 13.8 last 10 years 13.8 this year 19 19 so i always wonder with, with stats like this was there just a deeper crop of tight ends or are more teams needing them or looking for them i think it was a deeper crop of tight ends because I remember we talked about this uh, leading up to the draft, me going to the NFL PA game out in Pasadena saying like, wow, these tight ends are, are really good, you know? And everyone was talking about the senior bowl tight ends. Then I get to the shrine game, I'm like, damn, these tight ends are, are really good, you know? And then you get to the senior bowl and you see that crop of tight ends there. So I'm not surprised. So you figure you average five tight ends, the all-star game. I feel like all of those tight ends got drafted. You know, and some sign undrafted rookie free agent contract. So I'm not surprised to see that number be what it was because this was a very deep class. Last year, we were only talking about, um, you know, Kyle Pitts, and it was a struggle for me. You know how deep I dive into the prospects. It was a legit struggle for me to find, you know, double digit tight end prospects 
for for a flex position. And that's usually the easiest ones to find because those are, you know, your, your bigger wide receivers that are, are not as fast that is going to end up being tight end. I only found like seven, I believe, last year. And this year, I, I want to say I had like 20-something at each position. So it was it was a deeper crop of talent because a lot of guys went back to school. So I, I'm excited for it. I get it. Um, I was also sh- I was shocked that the 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 you know the the running back position um, not having an influx of of guys in in round two or round three. Maybe some some teams don't need backs, but I mean I thought it was a steal for the Chargers to get Isaiah Spiller when they did. I think he's their starter because Austin Eckler has been calling for that. He wants to get back to that complimentary role um, because he was getting worn down being the, the, the guy. And so Spiller is perfect for what they do. They got him in round three, I believe. Um, and the Jets getting Brees Hall pairing up with a guy I really liked in Michael Carter. That's a potent one-two punch. Um, so I just thought there would be more backs taken uh, in the draft uh, than what we saw. Not necessarily first round, but just more backs uh, in the subsequent rounds. And we didn't really see that. The other two spots that had a lot of guys taken, O-line 49, usually averages 41 or 42. Cornerback 39, usually averages around 31. I Again, I, I guess the question is, is that something to do with this year? Or are teams just realizing those are positions where you need a lot of guys? Like you need a lot of O-linemen and you need a lot of corners. Exactly. And that's the key. You also need a lot of wide receivers, too. Um, and I think because of what we're seeing from college football, it's trickling up in terms of the amount of, you know, four or five receiver sets that we're seeing and more amount of four DBs, five DBs out there on the field. Everything is just going to trickle up. So you're going to have more guys with time on task at the collegiate level that's going to be ready to go in the NFL. And as we talk about throughout the season, you know, how many hamstring pulls or quad pulls we see from these DBs and we talk about the offensive line depth. I mean, you the Jets showed you by, you know, how quickly it can go from sugar to you know what when your starters go. And so that's why they built their depth up this draft. The Giants did the same same thing too. Just, you know, they got Evan Neal. They got those two guards, uh, Izudu and also McKeithen from North Carolina. That, that was my four and five guards. They got both of them to already go with, you know, Shane Lemieux and what they already have on the roster. So you need – Depth, and I feel like the first of all, I don't understand and don't really like the uh, game day roster designation. If you're on a team, you're on a team. You got to have everybody ready to go. The owners got the money to, to pay everybody a regular salary. Like, don't limit yourself with 46 on game day. That's where you have issues with depth uh, in real time. So I like the fact that teams were trying to you know just stock up on offensive linemen because that's where you have to be stacked uh, as you try to get through a 17 game NFL season. The the three shallowest positions in this draft, again, courtesy of our buddy Fran Duffy's Twitter, <clears throat> at Eagles XOs, there's usually 32, 33 receivers that get drafted. It was only 28 this year. Usually 25, 26 linebackers, 21 this year. Usually 21 safeties, 17 this year, Emery. I think a lot of corners will end up at safety and the teams probably viewed it viewed it that way in terms of how they're gonna <laughs> how they're gonna Bless break you. down that thank you how they're gonna break down that position linebackers are are unique it, it's tricky and 
you know, it's a trend that we could probably see move forward. Or how many of these linebackers that got drafted are essentially, or how many defensive ends that got drafted are essentially linebackers, you know? And so I feel like there's a, there's a blurring of the line in some cases with these guys and with the focus being on coverage, people tend to de-emphasize the linebacker position, but when you have a great one or a really good one, it's noticeable. And I feel like we're going to slowly get back to people realizing you need a good linebacker. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles realized that. They went out and got Kaiser White. They went out and got um, Reddick. Uh, and they also drafted Nicobe Dean. So you you had, and we saw last year how it felt like the Eagles was out there with a front four and a secondary and no one at the second level. So it's noticeable when you don't have adequate linebacker play or even, you know, there's adequate or, or very good or great linebacker play. And when you do, it's a noticeable difference on defense. So I feel like we'll see that number slowly start to trickle back up. Really looking forward to next week when we start to dive in division by division and get your breakdown of each because there's a lot of team-specific questions I want to dive into you into with you for sure. Make sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to this show, however you listen to podcasts, or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL so you don't miss it. Check him out, of course, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. We are YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. If you want to know more about your team's undrafted free agents or just a lot of these guys, young guys on the rosters all around the NFL. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.